Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, remembering a Canadian legend. I see young girls um, that are now looking up to so the, these women who are running now, to those who have represented Canada this year at the Olympic Games, and who are, are, are saying, wow, if they did it, I can do it too. So I love that. We're seeing the baton pass from generation to generation. And uh, because we have women in the marathon at the Olympics this year, because we had women in some of those distance events where we've not had them for a number of Olympics, it, that, that for me was not only a profound experience for those women who were there, um, and, you know, participating in the Olympic Games in, in Rio, but it was for a generation at home watching and, and seeing the Canadian singles, seeing those Canadian women saying, wow, if they did it, I can do it too. So I'm really, really excited about the future of, um, of distance running in, in Canada. Marathons and triathlons after a devastating crash. To me, it was, an, it was a fantastic feeling just walking across that finish line. Um, I have... I, I post a lot of my stuff on Instagram. I, I'm wheelchair to Ironman, and actually being able to be Ironman now was was is absolutely fantastic. Like it's just, I have a lot of followers on my on my Instagram, and they say that um, I've inspired them to get back out and start running and start exercising and just just taking care of themselves more. Because as I say on my thing, if I can do it, you can too. And running strong at seventy nine. It makes you feel invincible, uh, the impossible is possible. Uh, you know, the running high when I'm on a long run, like I just kind of did a long run yesterday, a very long run, and you're out there by yourself, and it's just, uh, it just takes you to places in my life. I've solved a lot of problems while I'm running. I think the big thing is just the feeling it gives you, the euphoria, the, the, uh, you can't buy that kind of feeling. It's just, it's awesome. There's no way to describe it. On this edition of I Run Radio, we will remember and pay tribute to an absolute legend of running in Canada, Canadian Olympian Sylvia Ruger, who died of cancer just a few days ago. Also, the inspiring story of a runner and triathlete who thought he might never run again after a serious car crash. Now he's doing iron distance events. And the incredible Tommy Lettner, still running marathons at 79 years of age. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of I Run, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. How are you this week? Ah, feeling fine, thank you. And we should talk about Sylvia Ruger, uh, who passed yes. away a few days ago, and it's it's a really very sad. She died of cancer at the age of 58, which is so incredibly young, uh, but she had such an amazing life, a trailblazing marathon runner uh, who participated in the first Olympic marathon for women in 1984, was the Canadian record holder for decades, and I'm going to say is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And I know it is easy to sort of throw out kind of, you know, words like that after somebody passes, but she was incredibly kind. She had time for everyone. I saw her at expos. We talked on the phone. She was a guest on the show many times. We're going to share one of the interviews that she did with us coming up on today's edition. And she just always had time for everybody. She was just so, so kind. We had run a big story on her when she was very sick uh, in our May issue. We ran, I guess it was her last sort of big interviews uh, was in our May issue. And I got close with her during that time. You know, we set up a photographer and the whole thing. And we were working together a lot. 
and uh, I was sitting at our expo booth at the Ottawa Marathon, and people were coming and going, and a lot of people were talking about the piece. We had given out the issue in the race kits at the Ottawa Marathon, and uh, and I was just thinking to myself, boy, a lot of people are talking about her and talking about that story. So I gave her a phone call, and I was like, hey, I'm over here in Ottawa, and she had actually planned, that's right, she was going to come and come to our booth and talk to people in Ottawa because her cousin was racing. That's what it was. She was going to come with us to Ottawa, you know, never asking for money or anything like that, but she was going to come. And anyway, she was too sick, so she couldn't make the trip. But I was thinking about her, so I gave her a call. I was like, hey, you know, you couldn't be here, and that's too bad, but why don't you say something, you know, say something to the people. And she wrote, uh, and it's up on our website, but she wrote the most beautiful letter two runners and she sort of addressed it to her nephew or cousin or whatever it was who was running but it is the most like inspiring and i know uh kirsten fleming the race director of the calgary marathon put it up on her instagram i mean it was really just a beautiful letter to racers and she did that uh in the end of may so you know and on that same weekend both reed coolson and krista duchene who are canadian olympians both told me um, not together, but they both told me separately that Sylvia had given them each the best career advice either of them had ever had. Wow. And I you remember know? that that story that we shared in Iran many years ago of her writing a note to herself after watching the Olympic Games in 1976 and writing a note to herself and hiding it under the floorboards in her bedroom saying, right. someday I am going to compete in the Olympics. And then she did, and her yeah. mother came to her and said, do you remember that note you wrote? And she didn't realize her mother had found it. She thought she was the only person who knew about the note, but her mother had found it, read it, and put it back, and never spoken to her about it until she actually qualified for the Olympics. And then she ran the Olympic marathon in 1984, the first field of women to run at that distance, because before that, which is unbelievable, in our lifetimes— the marathon was considered dangerous for women to run. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't allowed to run more than 800 meters at the Olympics. So uh, that's that's how much the world of running has progressed in our time, in Sylvia Ruger's time. And she was a trailblazer during that time. And I know all of uh, the elite Canadian women, uh, all of the women who she has spoken to at clinics and other gatherings, they all sort of feel like they owe a small debt of, well, a big debt of gratitude to Sylvia Ruger for being at the front end of that that huge uh, group of women who have taken up long-distance running. I mean, and look by, you know, they say that it, it just takes one person because now more women are running than men. Yeah. And so, you know, just by cracking, by taking one person who can open the door just a little bit and show people what's possible— like all the other people followed and, and running has been absolutely transformed. You know, and we owe a lot of it to Sylvia who her grace, you know, and it was sad when she passed, obviously, but, and then she was deeply religious. She found her faith, you know, she yeah. was accepting and she was at peace and she was, you know, she had lived her life and she had helped people. And, um, you know, she just uh, really something to behold, and it's just one of those things that uh, you and me both, I mean, we're just, 
better for uh, for knowing. You know what Krista said? Krista Duchesne again uh, wrote a story for us about Sylvia, and she said she helped Sylvia helped refine her, which is a great. I hadn't heard something phrased that way, but to refine because I guess that's what we do for our friends, or if you have a mentor or somebody who can sort of take your raw material and then sort of edit you or yeah. show you a better <laughs> way to be. Um, Pretty cool. That's, yeah, very well, very well said. But she is going to be horribly, horribly missed, and and I'm going to miss her. I, I, I yeah. you know, I, I always enjoyed seeing her and speaking to her on the yeah. phone, and it's a huge, huge loss of uh, what I'll remember most about her was just how sweet and kind and gentle she was, and how much time she had for everyone. So she will be missed, but we're going to share one of the interviews, one of the many interviews we did with Sylvia Ruger coming up on this edition of I Run Radio. Ben, thank you for sharing your thoughts. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, my friend. Ben Kaplan, I Run's editor and general manager, coming up next, our interview with Sylvia Ruger from 2016. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. She was the first Canadian woman to run in the Olympic marathon in 1984. She held the Canadian record for 28 years. And she was a champion of the sport for women, for children, for all runners. Sylvia Ruger passed away from cancer a few days ago at the age of 58. Here is our interview with Sylvia from 2016. Sylvia, it's so great to talk to you again. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's always a privilege, Mark. Always a privilege. Yeah, thank you for connecting. And it's so great to have you involved in this issue of I Run uh, because I know... uh, I mean, we've all we've told your story before, the remarkable story of of your Olympic quest and running in that first Olympic marathon in 1984. And there are so many women in Canadian running today who look up to you. And and uh, so it's great to have you in this issue. But uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts on on just how things have changed over the last 30 plus years now for women running in Canada. Yeah, well, I, I, it's really, um, you know, it's really, it always gives me a lot of, uh, a lot of joy when I'm even at, at events now, um, and expos and even at the event itself to just look and see the, not only the number of women who are participating. I mean, you look at most half marathons now and you see that the field includes more women than it does men. And yeah. the same is true of a lot of 5Ks and, but not only numbers, but to see the diversity of women who are participating, you know, it, we've we've seen um, we see we see the generations, you know, we see the gen- from young women to uh, more mature women. We see diversity of cultures, and we see, uh, you know, just the uh, that's what's really gratifying to me, and I, I know that that was really the hope for. For many of us on that August, you know, 5th, uh, 1984 day, there was a, a truly a sense of, uh, you know, the usual kind of, um, uh, you know, atmosphere that you'd expect at an Olympic event with the world watching. But there was also a really, you know, profound anticipation because we all felt that this was going to be a monumental day for 
not just those of us who had the privilege of being on that starting line at the first ever Olympic Women's Marathon, but we knew that the, the ripple effect would be worldwide, but also impact women for far beyond uh, that day in terms of what it would well, what it would mean for women and their op- opportunities to engage in running. And I think the fact that there are more women than men in so many races now, as you just pointed out, uh, it's it's remarkable to think going back that there was a time not so long ago when the perception was women shouldn't run more than something like 800 meters or it would be dangerous. And now we see half marathons where the field is almost 60 percent women. Yeah. And, you know, it, it when I share with people, because you're absolutely right, like 1976, Montreal, the Olympic Games there, the furthest distance for women was 1,500 meters, you know. So when we ran the marathon in 1984, and when I have the opportunity to share with women, when they, they ask me about, and I have the opportunity to share that, that 1984 was actually the first time that women were able to participate in a marathon at the Olympic Games, like people are shocked. And yeah. I'm I'm actually glad that they're shocked because what that shows me is that they find it, that things have changed so much in really uh, quite quickly um, from then that, that people are shocked. It, you've got to be kidding me. It was only in 1984 was the first year. So it shows that change is possible. Profound change is possible. And I think what it shows, too, is... is um, uh, you know, how women have seized that opportunity. And, you know, I always say there's two groups of people. Some people have to believe it, and because they believe it, they will see it. And other people need to see it to believe it. And it requires both people. You need the pioneers who really believe it, keep pursuing, keep pushing, and then they see that the, the thing they were hoping for actually take place. And then when others see it, when they have a glimpse of that, as I, I believe 84 um, that the marathon allowed for the world to see, wow, it is possible. Those perceptions those, those that we had were wrong. Those, those beliefs that, that limited and, and kept many women from, from pursuing were wrong. Then everyone sees the moment, right? And that's what I love. Like, uh, like let's seize the opportunity and let's continue to do that to see even more women participate because the benefits of it are are so profound in terms of how I you know how it impacts women and impacts everyone but particularly women who may not have had the opportunity uh, you know before but now that the doors have opened and the opportunities are so prevalent it's like let's let's see more and more young girls and young women and women from all spectrums and and, uh, and generations engage. It says a lot, as you point out, about uh, how far we've come, and it, and I think it also says something. And it obviously, as you you said, it's healthy for women and for girls to be to be pursuing goals and running. But it, I think it also says something about the state of society to see a lot of women running. It means that uh, that if you if you see a lot of women running in your community, it means it's a safe place to live. It's okay for women to go out and run on their own or in small groups. Uh, it means that they've got the time and the freedom to do that. Uh, it says something about about gender equality, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does, and I think it's, uh, you know, what's been removed is that, that uh, you have to have a certain, um, you know, I think 
the 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 openness, the freedom, regardless of your background, regardless of I think the perception might have been I have to have some kind of ability, I have to have some kind of history, have to have some kind of uh, physique, uh, and all of that. It's it's saying no, you don't. This is this is an opportunity that everyone um, can engage in, and I think that's what I continue to to hope for is. Is there still there is still opportunity for more growth and change? You know, like I, as you know, Mark, I'm involved with a, a, a not-for-profit, a charity called Start to Finish, and we bring programs to Canadian children living in poverty, and and we we are able to remove some barriers, whether they're financial, whether they're they're cultural, that um, you know are still limiting some have maybe still limited some women from being able to engage. And so so seeing the number of women running is, is, is powerful, and I believe it will continue to inspire. Where there's still opportunity for change, it will continue to inspire and open doors for um, for even, you know, younger girls, the teenage girls and others from different cultural groups to have that opportunity. So, yeah, I think, you know, it continues to inspire and, um, and reflect that regardless of background, physique, um, age, I can, I can participate and I can engage. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And that that the not-for-profit you're involved in, Start to Finish, is such a, a great initiative. So congratulations on your continued success with that. And I wanted to get your thoughts on the state of elite running for women in Canada right now, because I sense that we're we're at a really good time right now with some really impressive women who are running. And and uh, and they're, of course, uh, challenging some of the numbers that you put up in, in your time. And, and it feels like we're in a good place right now. Yeah, I'm so so thrilled to see that, uh, Mark. I know when uh, when Lanny um, and Krista actually both broke my Canadian record uh, back in October, you know, 2013. I know some people said to me, "Well, Sylvia, are you you know like how do you feel? Are you disappointed after you know 29 years of of that record standing?" It was like, no. You know what? I I applaud this performance because I know how difficult. Or you know the the level of training that was required to run that kind of time. So I always said, if someone else can run that kind of time, I have nothing but utmost respect and applause. And also recognize that if someone could could run that time, it would really show people that this was not a one-time thing. That this was doable. That Canadian women are capable of running with the best in the world, and that it would really en- enlarge the vision of, of um, uh, Canadian women to recognize that I can I can compete uh, on the on the world stage, and so I think that's what it's done. I think it brought it just lit. You know, it ignited that that fire, that zeal in many women when they saw Lanny, when they see uh, Krista, when they see uh, the others even uh, on 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 the track. Um, that's inspiring because I know for myself when I was inspired in 1976 by watching the Olympics, it was seeing a Canadian women. Uh, 
perform at the at the world level that inspired me. Yeah, we we watch women from around the world, but when we see women from our country do it, there's something that says if they did it, I can do it too. So that's what I see happening. I see young girls um, that are now looking up to to the, these women who are running now, to those who have represented Canada this year at the Olympic Games, and who are are, are saying, wow, if they did it. I can do it too. So I love that. We're seeing the baton pass from generation to generation. And uh, because we have women in the marathon at the Olympics this year, because we had women in some of those distance events where we've not had them for a number of Olympics, it, that, that for me was not only a profound experience for those women who were there, um, and, you know, participating in the Olympic Games in, in Rio, but it was for a generation at home watching and, and seeing the Canadian singles, seeing those Canadian women say, wow, if they did it, I can do it too. So I'm really, really excited about the future of, um, of distance running in, in Canada. Sylvia, it's always great to hear your passion for the sport. Uh, you're such a great ambassador. Uh, you've been a pioneer and a champion, and uh, it's so great to have you on the show and to have you as part of this issue of Iron Magazine. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, always a joy, always a privilege. Thank you so much, Mark. That was Canadian Olympian Sylvia Ruger with us in 2016. She died of cancer a few days ago at the age of 58. Coming up next, after being told he'd never run again, an athlete who's now doing marathons and triathlons. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. Only a few years after a devastating car crash, Josh Gibbons is running again, and he's completing marathons and iron distance triathlons. Josh, thank you for joining us on iRun Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. So obviously a a pivotal moment in your life was this car crash uh, that happened many years ago, but tell me a little bit about your running before that, before you were involved in this collision. Uh, So I just kind of, a friend of mine asked me if uh, I wanted to, do the uh, military half marathon and uh, we trained about six times and uh, did the half and that's how my my love for running kind of started okay so you you literally went for six training runs and then you ran a half marathon yeah yeah and uh the recovery was pretty brutal as you can tell (laughs) the more you train the uh the better the recovery is but uh yeah, no, I, uh, it took me a good uh, two weeks to recover from that, but then I, I kind of got the itch going, you know, and uh, really got into running um, from that. So yeah. tell me about uh, this this crash. Eight year, it, Was it eight years ago? Uh, yeah, it was in uh, 2011. It was in March of 2011. Um, I was driving down uh, a double-lane road, and a car came out of its lane and hit me in mine, uh, T-boned me on the driver's side post, and um, and what buddy. happened to you? I mean, that's that's obviously uh, was, a major major crash. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was uh, I was in a wheelchair for six months. Um, I have a plate in my hip, uh, my left hip. I have a plate in my right foot with both with screws. Um, and then uh, I was yeah in the wheelchair for six months. And what did the doctors tell you? Uh, doctors told me that I'd only 
I, cause I told him my goal, uh, before the accident, I had done six half marathons and I was actually training for my first triathlon at the time. Um, not a big one, only a sprint, but, um, just to get back into it. Uh, and, uh, um, they told me I would only do a 10 K in my lifetime and be in pain from that. And, you know, being a, a stubborn person that I am, I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. So they said the most you would ever be able to run again was 10K and that it would be very painful to do so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So just walk me through what once you were out of the wheelchair. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you started running again. Uh, well, September 2011, I learned how to walk again, first of all, uh, which was a very interesting thing. You know, after you haven't walked on your feet in six months, um it's a true story. Your feet kind of turn into like a baby's bottom almost. Right. So I had to learn how to walk again. Um, once I did that, uh, I got, um, I went into physio and I was in physio for about two years and there, it was a sports physio clinic. And my whole goal as they knew was to, to run again. Uh, but it didn't happen for two years. They said, you know, after the two year point, they said, you're at about 80% and I'm sorry, but I just can't, get you to run again uh so that was kind of discouraging a bit only because like that's my goal is to learn to run again and get back into it i tried once or twice and it didn't it didn't work out i was in so much pain um i have arthritis in my hip as well and my foot so uh that really affected you know trying to run just trying to go out there and do it um really affected my arthritis too so I just kept on, you know, pushing it and at least walking and getting getting into the woods and stuff and doing different angles on my on my my foot so that uh, I could get the flexibility back. Uh, but then I I met a chiropractor at a, a networking meeting and uh, he's like I guess he spoke to me that day, you know, and he just said, you know what, I, I can get you to run again. Just give me give me the time, and my whole goal is for you not to be with me forever it's just to get you running again so what did you do um, with the chiropractor tell me a little bit about that process uh yeah i, I started seeing him uh, twice a week um for a month and in that time he he just basically what he did was to start he um did an x-ray or they did an x-ray and i brought the x-rays in uh, and he said, okay, well, your hips aren't aligned properly, so we're going to adjust your hips back to so that, that they're in the proper uh, setting, and then your spine is just a little off, so we're going to get your spine back in the normal, um, what it should be. And from that, uh, he, uh, a month into seeing him, after, like I said, two years in physio, uh, a month into seeing him, he said, you're going to run again. So that was... Uh, that was in um, April of uh, 2016 uh, that I got the clearance to go and run, and uh, I was so excited. He said, "You can't go out and do like a 10k. You know, you got to start off slow. Just start off like a kilometer and walk, and you know, kind of like the running room approach, how they do the the walk run." Yeah. Yeah. So he said, "Just start slow and and get into it, and uh, you should be fine." So I started slow, and and uh, it hurt, but. You know, it wasn't as bad as it was when my hips weren't aligned properly. What did that mean to you, Josh, when, when he said that to you and when you actually got to run? How did it feel after such a long time without being able to do something you loved? 
uh, it was absolutely amazing because, like I said, the I did the six half marathons before the accident, and I love doing them. Right? It's it's such nice freedom getting out there and just being able to run and use your body for what it's made for. You know, it was uh, it was a fantastic feeling, and I just kept going with it. So I wanted, like I said, I wanted to prove my orthopedic surgeon wrong. So um, yeah, I started running again and motivated myself uh, to after that. Uh, to do in so in June of 20, uh, 2016, I attempted the uh, Canada 113, which is the half uh, Ironman. It's not the Ironman series, but the the half um, Ironman, so to speak. Yeah, half Iron distance, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was two months after learning to run again. So the distance of the run portion is 21K. That's a half marathon. Um, so I attempted that only two months into uh, wow. to learning to run again. Yeah, That's yeah. jumping into the deep end a little bit. Yeah, well, I had the bike and the swim down because um, I did some swim cycles before that. Uh, so I just needed to get the last portion of the triathlon to, to, uh, to get back into it. But no, I'm very stubborn and I like to prove people wrong. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, I, there must yeah. have been moments, though, where you wondered if you'd ever be able to, to, to do that, right? Oh, there was many moments. There was many moments of just, you know, getting upset and not being able to do it, but keep on pushing on and strength training and stuff like that, which really helps with running uh, in general as well. So uh, with all of that combined and seeing this chiropractor, who I will never forget, and I always uh, promote him as much as possible, um, I got back running, which was absolutely amazing after uh, five years of not being able to run and being told you really shouldn't. Yeah, and so now you've gone from there, and and you've uh, uh, you've done Ironmans too, right? Yeah. So the process that I kind of broke it all down was I did the the half the half Ironman. It, it's just the the Somersault series that they have here in Ottawa. Um, so I did that in 2016, and then uh, always having a goal of wanting to be an Ironman, I attempted the the full marathon in uh, the National Capital Marathon in May 2017. Um, so I did the full marathon in five hours and seven minutes, which is not a great time in general. I did blow a blister in my foot for the last three k, so I had to hobble to the finish line. But um, more of your I stubbornness, had, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but look, don't say not a great. Fam- don't say not a great time because uh, you were in a wheelchair <laughs> a few years ago. So, so uh, you know, five hour marathon. That's totally, totally fine. There's, there's nothing to worry yeah. about there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did that, and um, after doing that, knowing I could do the the uh, the full marathon distance, I uh, started training towards the Ironman and. Uh, just completed that uh, last Sunday at uh, in a grand total time of sixteen hours and thirty one minutes. But congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what does what does that mean to you to be able to do that after many times thinking that you'd never be able to run again? Uh, to me, it was an, it was a fantastic feeling just walking across that finish line. Um, I have. I I post a lot of my stuff on Instagram. I, I'm wheelchair to Ironman, and actually being able to be Ironman now was was is absolutely fantastic. Like it's just 
I have a lot of followers on my on my Instagram, and they say that um, I've inspired them to get back out and start running and start exercising and just just taking care of themselves more. Because, as I say on my thing, if I can do it, you can too. You know. Yeah, I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people. It's a terrific story, Josh. I I really appreciate you sharing it with us, and congratulations on some huge achievements after some very difficult circumstances. Thank you very much for being with us. Well, thanks very much for having me, and I hope that I can inspire people more to keep going. Next is uh, I want to beat my full marathon time in May. I'm going to try for, I think I can do it in about four hours now. So Okay, right on. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Thanks a lot, well, Josh. Thanks very much. All right, take care. That's Josh Gibbons coming up next, Running Strong at 79. The Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon is flat, fast, and festive. And this year, it's celebrating its 30th birthday. On October 20th, join some of Canada's fastest racers and compete for yourself on their 5K, half marathon, and marathon course. Register now at torontowaterfrontmarathon.com. Our mutual friend Rick Shaver, who's been a guest on the show a few times, introduced me to Tommy Lettner. He's a 79-year-old marathoner from Mississauga, and a tremendous champion of our sport. Tommy, welcome to I Run Radio. Very happy to be here, Mark. Uh, tell me when you got into running. This uh, You you didn't start uh, when you were young, right? No, I, I didn't do any uh, any athletic activity like running or never compete in sports. I was a bit of a sissy as a kid, and sort of an inferiority complex. In the, uh, but what uh, prompted me at age 40 to uh, flirt with running was my uh, vanity kicked in. I've always been proud of my figured wanted to maintain my boyish physique but the age catches up with you and the, uh, so I um, I got with the help of my wife I I told her as an alcoholic and she said what do you mean and I said well you filled my plate up and I can't help myself I eat everything I'm an alcoholic so we need help so she helped me there watch my portion size and so on basically and they took her and with a year I lost 30 pounds she gave me a running watch and as they say one thing led to another I just started jogging but fortunately I didn't realize I had any athletic ability so I didn't go through the jog stage and I, by the time my body got used to the pounding, I was ready to race, but up to that point, I'd be in races and, you know, 5K, 10K, my wife would say, they quit smiling and waving at people, you're in a race for goodness sakes, but but I didn't realize that I'd, uh, like yourself, I'd chosen my parents very carefully and had some genetic talent to see me through this. Right. And I just got caught up in it. If they if they said running caused cancer, I couldn't quit, Mark. I just, I love to run. I just, I can't, as you well know yourself, I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. So what is it that you love about it? Well, I guess... That, you know, if you want to, it's it makes you feel invincible. Uh, the impossible is possible. Uh, you know, the running high when I'm on a long run, like I just kind of did a long run yesterday, very long run, and you're out there by yourself, and it's just, it just takes you to places in my life. I've solved a lot of problems while I'm running. Uh, I used to be a lender when I worked uh, for, for the bank, and I'd solve a lot of lending problems I thought were insoluble during a run. Uh, I think the big thing is just the feeling it gives you, the euphoria, the, the, uh, you can't buy that kind of feeling. It's just, it's awesome. There's no way to describe it. Yeah, you describe it well, and I, I really relate to everything you've said there, uh, because that's, that's what it means to me as well. It's sort of, uh, it's like this test that that asks you every day, you know, are you going to do it or are you not? And every time you do it, you feel like, yeah, I ticked that box today and I, I rose to the challenge. Well, well my personal philosophy is... Uh, there's a difference between being alive and living. Being alive is breathing. Living is, is being out of breath sometimes. 
and I, I chose to be alive while I'm living, and it uh, it sure made a difference in my life. I mean, the uh, I it, it gives me options. That's the other big thing. It gives me options to be able to do things. I, instead of saying the golden years, I like to call them the uh, gourmet stage of life, when, and where the age I'm at it enables you to to do things that you a younger person does that you wouldn't normally be able to do if you didn't have the fitness level. Yeah. You know, and, and it sounds like before you started running, and I can relate to this as well. You were a bit of a compulsive eater. I'm I'm like that as well. If there's food there, I I just want to eat it. I can't. I find it hard to stop. Oh, very much so. I, I mean, whatever my wife put in my plate, I ate it. And then she's a gourmet cook. I mean, and just I, and that's why I said I was an alcoholic. And she said, "What do you mean?" And I said, well, "I just can't help myself. I need help." So it was a twelve-step program. <laughs> but. Yeah. Now, I'm more or, or a, pro- now, a program with well. thousands of steps, which is running a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. tell me about when you when you went from sort of running for exercise and staying in shape and losing a bit of weight to actually doing marathons. Well, I, my first marathon was in two thousand and four. I just um, uh, I came off an Ironman and. Uh, I don't. I don't have a coach as such. I'm sort of self-taught, uh, coached. And the uh, there's a young fellow half my age. Always gave me very good advice. And the uh, so I said, John. I said, do you, uh, do you think I could? And it was the Toronto International Marathon. I said, do you think I could run uh, run a marathon after coming off an Ironman three weeks earlier? He said, Tom. He said, you're really fit. He said, go for it. You'd be fine. And so that was my first Boston qualification. It just the way it turned out. Wow. And the, yeah, that was pretty exciting. So the uh, and then and. In 2006, that year, I qualified, I qualified for for the World Championships in Hawaii, the Kona Ironman, and uh, I'd also qualified for Boston. So in that year, I did the Ironman World Championship uh, triathlon in Kona, around the Boston Marathon, and then uh, I've always wanted to scuba dive, and the, uh, so I thought that was at age 66. I thought, well, I'll give that a, a shot. So I did my training here the pool training and then did my open water dives in Hawaii and got certified there. So at the end, I got those three things out of the way. I thought, well, what else is there in life? I might as well lie down and wait for the end. There's nothing, nothing more. But uh, I found there's lots more since then. Yeah, so. there's always something more, right? Oh, uh, for sure. And that's yeah. the other thing, I think. It just, you know, it just gives you so many opportunities. I mean, the, uh, I, got a, I got into a commercial because of my fitness uh, with a CrossFit commercial um, and a banking commercial, look what older people are doing kind of thing, what you can do with your retirement. And there's just so many aspects of it when you just let life take charge, you know, uh, stop worrying about things and, and you just get on with it. Yeah. And and so obviously it's hard to know, but you're a healthy guy. You're 79, you're running, you're doing marathons, triathlons. Uh, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's hard to know whether... You're able to do that because you're healthy, or you're healthy because you're doing that, right? You know, that's that's a very good question, Mark. I, you know, I often wondered about that. I, I think the quality is no question whether I live any longer. I don't know. I think uh, with what I'm doing, uh, especially some people think you're, you know, kind of silly or whatever at this age. You're beyond the pale uh, in what you're doing. I mean, you don't need to do what I'm doing for. I, I think for good health and fitness. Right. Uh, I, I just enjoy it so much, and, and I don't see my doctors fully on side with what I'm doing. Uh, you know, he's a big fan of mine. has a picture in his office. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I, can't, I can't help it. It's, it's addictive. And, the, uh, and I, you know, and I have a decent, uh, I do decent well at it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the feeling of euphoria. The, uh, uh, I think one of the big things you asked me earlier, why do I do it? Uh, the, I, I sometimes have spoken to running uh, room uh, 
groups for motivational purposes, that sort of thing. And I always tell them that you can end up at my age and be reasonably happy with yourself. 95% of the time, you, you've been successful in life because I think everybody ends up at this age and they start second-guessing themselves and looking at their baggage and think I should have done this, done that. But I, I guess maybe I'm a great rationalizer, but 95% of the time, I'm happy with myself. I think that's a big advantage to being fit and active. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and look, you are uh, you must do well in your age group because your age group uh, at a lot of these events would not be very big, right? That's very true. Uh, the uh, Sometimes in the uh, the upper ages, like 75 to 79, the group of men now, you might get one. You may be you may, the, the toughest competition may be myself. Right. Uh, but that's why I've done, uh, I've been doing a couple of Olympic triathlons in the uh, in the Team USA, uh, the National Olympic Championships in uh, in Cleveland, I've done them for the last two years, and I really enjoy them because my age group. Uh, the last year I had uh, 22, in 75 to 79. This year I had, uh, uh, sorry, this year I had 22. Last year I had 20 in the 75 to 79 age group. So so much fun to have that kind of kind yeah. of competition, you know. Yeah, and so I enjoy that. So what are some of but your? I do, I do it anyway. Yeah, of course. And and so what are some of your goals going forward? What do you still want to do with running? Well, I guess this year, right now, I'm training for another Ironman in September, Barrel in September 28th. The goal is I'd, I'd dearly love to get one of those Hawaiian salad bowls. I call them salad bowls. I'm sure I'm being disrespectful. <laughs> I don't mean to be. Those are the... I, can't pronounce, I can't pronounce the Hawaii name, but right. I have These a are... pretty good chance of podium as long as uh, podium as an 80-year-old in uh, 2020, yeah. if I can just make it across the finish line. Because they don't normally go, they go five deep in the, uh, in the World Championships uh, triathlon in Kona. But uh, quite often they might, like last the last time I was there, they only didn't have anybody in the 80 to 85 year age bracket so i just have to stagger across the finish line with any luck and i'll get a salad bowl hopefully <laughs> <laughs> so that's my long-range goal but i guess the big thing is mark is just to keep going as long as i possibly can um the uh, you know is it, 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 the rewards of running the benefits it provides the, fee, the feeling of euphoria you get i i feel invincible at times and i you know it's, it's silly but to, to be to be my age and forget how old you're is a pretty nice feeling that's terrific and, you know, I have to share with you is sometimes when I'm out for a run by myself and I'm, I'm heading towards home, I will think to myself about, you know what, I'm, I'm this age, uh, it's a beautiful day, and I'm alive and I'm running. And, and I'm so lucky to be in that situation. Do you think that sometimes, too? Oh, absolutely. I, I just keep counting my blessings. I've, of course, at my age, I've lost a number of friends. I have a very dear friend that did my first Kona qualifier race in Ironman, Wisconsin with me, who has ALS, and he's much younger than I am. It's just, you, I pinch myself every time. I uh, I just, you know, when you say count your blessings, I just live for tomorrow. It's, uh, I'm so lucky, Mark, I just can't uh, overemphasize that. I mean, I, I've been, you know, that's where the, I've avoided the major illnesses, generally speaking. I've had some flirts with things that were wrong diagnosis, thank goodness, but I mean, it, you know, just to be this healthy and this alive, and that's that's what running does for you and fitness does for you. And I just, uh, I want to go as long as I possibly can. I know the, uh, the other shoe's going to drop at some point, but the hardest thing for me, I think, will be aging is not the wrinkles. I don't mind looking old or getting old, but the physical decline will be the tough thing for me, I think. Yeah. You, you're, the worst would be to start feeling old, and obviously you don't yet, based on all that you're doing. Oh, absolutely not. I yeah. I just, you know, and I don't live in the past in terms of my times, uh, you know, thinking I did this, did that. I, I, you know, for my age, I do very, very well in the run. I'm a pretty good runner. And the uh, and the good news, and the thing is, I always, 
thing is because I miss the jock stage. You see, I when I get into my age group there, the, a lot of guys are old guys. Or I, I'm an old guy too, but I'm really, really fit, and everything's intact. Everything works. So, so I think that gives me a leg up. Yeah. Well, it's very inspiring to hear you talk about running, Tommy. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on I Run Radio, and best of luck to you in the future. Thank you so much, Mark. I've enjoyed it. appreciate the opportunity. That's Tommy Lettner of Mississauga, Ontario. Coming up in the weeks ahead on I Run Radio, what does the latest science tell us about running? And one runner responds to my column about running without earphones. I hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.